Do you want me to do it? Yeah, whenever you're ready. I'm All ready. right. We should get some of those little bells ringing, though, don't you think? Like the what do you Christmas, mean? Like the Christmas bells? Like, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Happy holidays. <laughs> We're not recording nothing. <laughs> and because of that, that we are we are releasing four episodes of the top top 2022 uh, of our podcast. So this was a weird introduction. Thank you for being so faithful to our podcast and listening. We want to bless you with four of our older, most popular episodes. I hope you enjoy it. Merry Christmas. Welcome back to another episode of Life Talks. Uh, Dan, I just want to spend a few minutes today just getting a few things off my chest because I am completely outraged right now. Uh, There's a few things that have made me angry. This is going to be a long episode then, isn't it? Because I want to fit in with culture. And culture is outraged right now. Somebody's going to pay. Yes. I I need someone to pay and I need someone to hear how I am outraged at the fact that my fries were not as warm as I wanted them. And I'm angry. (laughs) So that's what we're talking about today. I'm Britt Nipper sitting in once again with Pastor Dan Burrell. We are talking about a culture of outrage. Yeah, Britt. You know, a few weeks ago I was scrolling through my news feed. Um, I'm, I'm a little odd in that I try to view news coming from sources all over the place. Uh, it's hard for me sometimes because I can't really find, you know, we all are in search of confirmation bias. I want people to agree with me and nobody (laughs) ever does. So, so I'll, I'll go to a Fox news, which would be my feed from the right. And then I'll go to CNN, which is my feed from the left. Um, I, you know, on weekends, I used to be an, uh, NPR guy, uh, where I would listen to NPR mostly because it's pretty innocuous <laughs> on the weekends and I wouldn't yeah. want to crash my car into a, a light pole. But the, 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 the reality is much of our current media and 90% of our, uh, social media is built on working people up, mm. being outraged, using using things to flip our switch, to make us click. Um, and, and so we have to be really, really careful that we don't get sucked into a culture of outrage. Um, because I believe when we do, we lose perspective. And when we lose perspective, we lose sight of truth. So you're talking about, you're, you're going the direction of the media. So let's start there, the, them stirring up controversy, them stirring up outrage. Uh, what about that? Yeah, and and let's understand the motivation for why people want us to be outraged. When you're outraged, you will do a couple of things. First of all, you're going to find out, what, you know, you see an outrageous picture or an outrageous news article, um, something that hits you in the heart or makes you angry. Um, and so you're going to click on that link. And when you click on that link, ads are going to start popping up and somebody somewhere is making some money. Mm. It's all about the number of clicks and the number of visits anymore. So to some extent, manipulation is profitable in this country. And we're being manipulated and we don't even realize it. And in the process of being manipulated, what we do is we are feeding elements in our soul and we're destroying elements in human relationships that are having truth implications in how we navigate this world. And so uh, we, we, we need to be very, very careful like that. The other thing is there is an addictive nature to it. Um, and we did an episode a few a few days ago on addict addictions, but the the the, the rush, the adrenaline, the, the the things that happen to us um, whenever we get angry mm. often yeah. become almost compulsive for us. Yeah. Um, politics in this country is something that very much is feeding and being fed by 
our outrage. And as a result, what do we see in, in this country? We see a hardness of positions that is causing extremism, both on the left and the right. Um, I never dreamed that I would be called a moderate uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> I was always considered to be a super conservative yeah. guy. I'm conservative by by philosophy and worldview and principle on several things. But I, um, what was conservative in those days is now often viewed by moderates because we've we've moved to a Christian nationalism yeah. in some circles. We've got QAnon prominent in, in that. But on the same side, I've had friends who were liberal, and, and, and they were proponents of bigger government. They were proponents of a more passive military response to things. Um, and we viewed them as liberals. They were classic liberals. Um, you know, um, Sam Nunn was a Democrat out of, out of uh, uh, Georgia back in the uh, 70s and 80s. And he was a classic liberal. Even Ted Kennedy, to some extent, was a classic liberal. Today, we've replaced those with hard left people uh, like AOC, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. uh, Cory Bush, uh, people who are very angry, very loud, very militant. And in doing so, we, we've stopped conversing with each other and we've started throwing bombs verbally. And I'm afraid eventually more than that mm. at each other. And I don't think any – Jesus was able to sit down and talk with people who adamantly disagreed, even hated him. And he was able to do it in a way that captured their attention and at least had them consider for a moment their thoughts. We see Paul do that. With with Festus, uh, we we see we we've seen Peter do that uh, all throughout Scripture. The ability to converse with those who see the world differently than you, in a way that causes them and motivates them to think, has been something that I believe is is, is important uh, to the advancement of the gospel. And you're touching on an idea right now that th this outrage is coming just simply from a difference of ideas, yeah, and opinions. A, a lot of times, other times it it isn't. Um, and and you know we don't. We always get angry at the other side for using manipulation and propaganda and fake news, but both sides are using it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm 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 guilty of it. it you know, right now as we're talking, uh, Ukraine is mm -hmm. is just melting down, and it's it's captured my attention and broken my heart. There are many, many, many Christians in Ukraine, yeah. and they're suffering. And some of us know people personally over there. I saw on on Twitter, I saw. Uh, um, a video clip of a man saying goodbye to his daughter. Um, and it just ate me up because it said this man is going back to the front lines of Ukraine to mm -hmm. fight his war, uh, fight the war. And his daughter is going with her mother away uh, to escape and be safe. And I thought, oh, this just, this is the real face of war. It just broke my heart. And I posted it and I said something about this is the real face of war. Well, actually, you no, know, the video is like four, four mm. months old. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not true. Now, is this happening? Yes, it is happening. Yes. I can yeah. rationalize it. But really, I was outraged when I saw it, mm -hmm. and so I'm going to share that. We click share on garbage all the time, and then after we find out it's not true, we still rationalize it by saying, well, you know, it may not have been true that case, but in other <laughs> cases it is. And when we get careless with the truth, we do damage, yeah. and we need to be really, really careful about that. And I cannot tell you how many times on my social media feeds and even on news sites, people are, are spreading rumors unsubstantiated things, photographs, videos uh, that are not based in truth. And the purpose is to make us 
outrage. Yeah, and it's good. I would the, one of my thoughts here is we're discussing this was truth versus fiction in mm-hmm. in news media and reporting in social media. There's a picture of a, a bunch of people knelt down in snow praying mm-hmm. and that's been shared widely too of, mm-hmm. of it happening like days ago in Ukraine and I think the picture is from Ukraine but I think it's from years ago that these these Christians in, in, in Ukraine were praying so again truth versus fiction there's a ton of fiction that's put out there simply to make us outraged exactly and you know what the truth there's enough truth out there to to cause outrage yeah and <laughs> we should be outraged to manu- yeah, yeah to yeah. manufacture it um, but he- here's here's the thing I can't stop that. I can't stop the fact that MSNBC every day is going to put things on all day long that are intended to draw their viewers and mm-hmm. to make them mad at anybody who's right of center. Uh, and and I, I can't stop that. But what I can do, what I can do is gauge and measure and evaluate and avoid the tendency I have in my own heart to pick up the banner of outrage myself. And in doing so, here's what I'm, I, I find when I'm consciously doing this. I find, first of all, an inner peace that I've, that I've lost. And I would say this, you, you know, a lot of people are talking about Ukraine right now. A lot of people are talking about inflation right now. A lot of people are upset with Biden right now. A lot of people are afraid that Trump's going to come back, you know, right now. Every once in a while, I believe it would be healthy for us to take a media fast. Hmm. I mean, just disconnect. You know what? The world is going to continue if you don't watch Fox News or CNN every day for a week. There was a day they didn't exist. There was a day they didn't exist, and I think it may have been a better day. <laughs> Remember, they don't care about you. They care about your money. Mm-hmm. That's what they want. This is this is corporate Ratings. media. Yeah. CNN used to be a mainstream um, media outlet that was always probably going to be left of me, but most people are. Um, but But- it made a conscious decision to go after a smaller demographic that had the kind of money in pockets that appealed to their advertisers. And so don't allow yourself to be manipulated by the outrage, whether it is whether it is the gossip that somebody shares with you in private or whether it's something on, you know, clickbait on your newsfeed. We need to be accountable for it. And I think one of the ways that we gain accountability is to resensitize ourselves to what is going on and what is really important. And by fasting, that resensitizes us. I think that's one of the biblical principles. And by the way, sometimes we think of fasting, we think, well, that means I don't eat for 40 yeah, food, days, right? Yeah. yeah. No, in fact, there's 40 some odd different types of fast mentioned in scripture. Um, I mean, there's sexual fasts. Mm-hmm. We, we know that one for, for sure. That, that was an idea that uh, you abstain from sex with your spouse uh, for spiritual reasons. So that I'll you stop focus eating on the food. Lord. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be your preferred one. <laughs> right. And, and, and then there are where you abstain from some kinds of food but not other kinds of food. And, and, and so even the principle of, of uh, Sabbathing mm. is, is a form of fast. You're not going to do some things on that day to allow you to focus on God and to rejuvenate. So I, I really would challenge people who find themselves constantly checking the news feeds um, on their devices to say, is it time perhaps for me to have a, a yeah. little bit of a fast on that? Yeah. Let me ask a two-part question. What are the dangers of all of this outrage, not only to our culture at large, but to us personally? And then the second half of the question is, is there a time and place for the believer, for a Christian to be outraged? Yeah, great questions. So let's take the first one. Um, uh, word that for me one more time, if you would. <laughs> Just I want to make sure I'm going to answer it correctly. Um, what are the dangers of outrage, not only in the culture, but to us personally? Sure. Yeah, one of the one of the things is is it 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 causes a lack of hope or a loss of hope. Uh, the other thing it does is it 
pits us against others. So it's an us versus them mentality, which is never healthy. A third thing it does is it drives fear. We're losing our country. Jesus is coming soon. Now, and, and I, I, I want to make sure I say this really carefully. Every time there's a war, there are two questions that come up. Is this guy the Antichrist? Is Putin <laughs> the Antichrist? And and is this is a sign of the times. Yeah. <laughs> now, the answer to that is no, Putin is not the Antichrist. And yes, it is a sign of the times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was a sign of the times 200 years ago and, and 1,000 years ago because we're getting closer to that point that we know that that God is going to intervene yeah. and Christ is going to return. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I just had this conversation with my mother this morning, <laughs> really and she'll probably listen to this episode and be upset with me. But she was just like, "This is you told Jesus. Dan, didn't you?" <laughs> She's like, "Keep looking up, keep." And I said, "Mom, it's who knows, yeah. who knows." And the reality is, we should be looking up regardless. Yes, but, all the time. But you know, I'm now old enough to remember. You know, <laughs> during the Cold War, it was always keep looking up. Lord's yeah. gonna, you know, and Russia and the USSR was were Gog and Magog Come, and, and the bear from the yeah, north coming from, in. Yeah. All, and, and 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 again, even in those days, I remember a pastor coming, an evangelist coming into our church and saying, "Did you know that in Israel right now, the buzzards are ra- are, are laying as many as twelve eggs per year, and the reason they're doing that is they're preparing for the great uh, feast when they go in and uh, eat all the bodies that'll be killed in the Battle of Armageddon." Oh and that was everywhere. Uh, I saw it in newspapers and publications. Christians, oh, oh, everybody's went, absolutely not yeah, true. Yeah. Never happened. There was no change or whatever. But one person said it, and everybody. Everybody believed it and spread mm-hmm. it. So outrage is not yeah. new. Right? <laughs> Fake news is not new. <laughs> but, but I think of the of the things I mentioned, fear is the biggest one. God has not given us the, the spirit of fear yeah. is what the scripture yeah. says. And it's interesting. He said, but he did give us a, a sound mind. We need to be able to navigate bad news. We need to be able to navigate injustice. We need to be able to navigate, um, you know, tragedies uh, in such a way that it doesn't turn our world over every single moment. And, and I'm, I'm going to step into some really, really dangerous ground here, but understand, was the killing of, of, of you know, a, a couple of black guys in, in, in the 20 horrible and awful? No doubt. It was awful. It was horrible. And people need to be held accountable. Uh, but we ended up burning cities down and 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 hating on each other and 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 so forth. Um, there have been a lot of other young black men killed, and and white men and and so forth. That doesn't mean that there aren't social justice issues, but when we turn over society, um, we need to be very very careful about all the ramifications. I know people's who who brought the outrage from the George Floyd murder to their places of worship mm. and absolutely did damage to the cause of Christ on both sides, yeah. both sides. And they were outraged because of this and outraged because of the riots and outraged because of the police and so forth. At some point, mature believers have to ask the question, in this moment of injustice, in this moment of tragedy, whether it is played out on our media screens, you know, in Minneapolis, or whether it happened around the corner from us, how can I be Jesus? Hmm. How can I make a difference? And so sin always ought to outrage us, but we ought not be selective about what outrages us. Anything that dishonors Christ, that is outside of truth, ought to cause for us pain, reflection, reconciliation efforts, and all these things. Let's not wait until somebody gets murdered in the street. And let's not respond in a way that doesn't have anything to do with the solution. 
But instead, let's be thoughtful and biblical. It's never right to do wrong to do right. Mm. And in and, and I, yet I've seen Christians justify that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have to go back, well, what do I really believe at those moments? And uh, it's easier said than done, but uh, allow God to handle the justice part of it. You know, sometimes that's that's out of our hands. Right. You know, we're not supposed to do it. And that gets tricky in a democracy. Yeah. Uh, because we do have opportunities to do something like vote um, and, and certainly free speech, marching, rallies. That's part of the American tradition. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's unbiblical. Um, uh, but I do think that when you get to a point that you were re- that you were um, responding uh, to violence with violence, uh, at that point, you know, Martin Luther King, one of the reasons he was so effective and, 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 and such a great leader was that, you know, he had principles of how he brought about change that allowed the mainstream to have their consciences pricked without having the distraction mm-hmm. of, of having to deal with the excesses that some go to immediately. And, you know, anarchists have always been around. And anarchists have a philosophy that says burn everything down to see what replaces it. I mean, it's unbiblical, it's unscriptural, it's satanic in its origin, but you understand a lot of the people in Antifa and a lot of people that show up at riots and so forth, if you ask them what their moral philosophy is, they'll tell you we're anarchists, but they've been around for a hundred years and that's nothing new. They just put different titles on them. And the anarchist says the end justifies the means, but they don't really have a goal ahead. They just want to tear down what is. So be careful about getting sucked into this. And that's the problem with so much of what is being taught in our public university system is we're not being even honest about the origins of some. You say, well, are you totally against standing up against, you know, uh, injustice? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is there's a right way Mm. and then there's also a wrong way to do a good thing. And so we need to make sure that we choose wisely. And wisely. And once we get to that moment where we're outraged, we're far more likely to cross that line into doing something unbiblical. But the other thing, too, is, again, it just causes fear and it causes panic and it causes extreme responses. And one of the things we find in in mature believers is the ability to navigate the highs and lows of life with stability and with faith and with our eyes on Christ and our feet grounded in truth. And I thought it'd be something I think we all ought to aspire to. And I think too, that when your outrage gets to a point of riots or anything like that, you give the other side plenty of ammunition to be outraged and totally miss whatever message it is that you're after, that That's you're it. trying to get there. I mean, take again, we can go round and round about January 6th, but they didn't help their cause. Absolutely you know, not. They didn't help their cause and what one they did bit. Was flat out wrong. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I, I said on this, I referred to the January sixth event as a riot on this podcast, and got called on the carpet from it by people I love. Yeah. Um, but no, it was a riot. It met every edition of every, every. I mean, look at the guy wearing the buffalo head. Yeah. I'm serious. Do you yeah. want to be aligned with that? If and now you do, ask. Now wow. ask. What were they about? Who knows? Because all we see is this. But they were outraged, and they took their outrage. I mean, there was a way. I mean. You know, I'm of the opinion that that Biden won the election. I've got good friends who say no, it was stolen. That's irrelevant. If he indeed was not, there are ways to fight that. There are ways to express that. There are ways to to challenge and to question that. But ultimately, if the rule of law is going to mean anything, and God established civil law in the world for our protection, then at some point we also have to say the king of the law is going to have to right the wrongs that I cannot fix myself yeah. in my own power. And and 
what we do and what you mentioned is we start taking matters into our own hands, redefining right into something that matches our paradigm and that pushes us to further and further extremes. And that's a dangerous thing. Thing. So when we get to these extremes, then we will start rationalize physical violence and not just verbal hmm. violence, and we know where that leads. And I don't believe God is in that. Yeah. And, and I brought that up to kind of bring it, as we're wrapping up here, running out of time, to bring it back into the church. When you get completely outraged about something and you lose your mind and you go crazy over it, the other side loses the intent of your message. How often do we do that in the church? Well, and you know, and the reality is when, when you start feeding outrage— smaller and smaller things can become outrageous to us. Mm. I mean, I've literally had people say, I am outraged by the volume of the music. <laughs> really? You're outraged by that? Not irritated? Because I find it irritating, but I don't really find it outrageous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, but in order to get, it, it, it's like we've started shouting and in order to be heard, we got to shout even louder. Uh, so we've, we've fed outrage and in order to distinguish ourselves, we have to be even more outraged. Yeah. And one of the ways we do that is by finding smaller things about which it's it's the person who melts down in the McDonald's and pulls a gun because they didn't get mm. enough fries in their box. Mm-hmm. It's the person who picks up a milkshake and throws it at some 12-year-old pimply-faced kid because they mixed up the you know the ingredients or something. Holy cow, take a breath, yeah. you know, and and ask yourself, what's making you so angry? Why are you so angry? Why why is there this lack of self-control? And and I got to tell you, I've gotten outraged. I shake my fist in traffic. I feed my. I'm. I'm. I'm certainly not an expert on this, but all of us need to recognize the potential for it, and then we need to take action on it. Yeah, and th- and there's a well-known thing in the restaurant industry. Anybody that serves tables knows this: that if someone comes in and they tell you that their steak wasn't cooked well enough, and that's all they say, okay, their steak wasn't cooked well enough. Let's fix it. If they come in and they're like, my steak was bad, and when we walked in, the music was too loud, and the temperature, and this, it doesn't feel good, and the lady who walked by was really. Now this person's just angry. Yeah. They're just looking for something to be outraged at. Yeah. And and you can see those signs in people all the time. Like you said in the church, if if they're complaining about one thing and then they're complaining about the music and the way the walls look and the way everything looks, they're just looking to be outraged. That's right. And some people enjoy that feeling, I guess, of <laughs> just they, staying they, angry. And, and again, there's a little adrenaline rush that comes yeah. with that. Yeah. And then we like to tell our friends, I told them off. Now the bottom line is, let's all calm down. Mm-hmm. Let's all trust in truth. Let's all look to Christ. And I believe if we will do that, the moderation that follows will allow us to have far more productive conversations and take far more effective actions toward the progress that needs to be made. Mm. Yes. Good, good, good. So lose the outrage, everyone. Lose it. And if Unless you don't. And, yeah, and if you don't, we have a thing or two to say about that. That's right. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of Life Talks. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.